0: This is this is for my for my my truck drive-in yeah dirt bike riding monster, monster drinking <laughs>
1: <laughs> perfect I can't believe we said that yes yeah. are we live baby sweet welcome back to another rep podcast. Ryan it's been uh let's see seven. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve days since I'd seen you? It's been the longest twelve days of my life. It really has. I've been lonely. You bought me Taco Bell. I did buy you Taco Bell. That's the best. I bought you whiskey, too. You did buy me whiskey, as well. Yeah.
0: Some Woodford Reserve, baby.
1: Oak? Double oak barrel? Double? I didn't fucking remember what I bought you, but yes. it looked nice. The <laughs> bottle looks nice, so.
0: It's a very distinct, I feel like Woodford, it has a very distinct bottle shape.
1: It does, yeah. It's um oval square? Maybe, maybe, I oval don't know. square, oval square. That yeah. Um, I don't know. I I don't even think that has a shape name. A fun
0: uh, a fun geometry term that I've learned fairly recently was called is called a paraboloid. Oh, paraboloid. I don't remember exactly what that is, but I just remember the name. And if I saw one, I know I can exp- I could point it out. I know what a trapezoid is. If you're looking at him, baby. Look at, at these traps. Look at my trapezoid. <laughs> We just flexed on each other, by we the way. Did. Yeah. Anyway, what are we gonna talk about today? So we got a listener requested episode, kind of another one actually. Yeah. So this one comes back from a little while ago, but uh, someone asked about training methodologies and whether or not it's a if it if it's a necessity or if it's a guideline. I think it's a good question. It's a super good question. It's a really fun one because there's it made me it made me think fairly made me think fairly hard on it and then. Made me go, I already know the answer. I don't know why I just like pondered over it so <laughs> hard. Um,
1: but I think the first question to be asked is, what is a methodology? <laughs> Do you have the definitions? Because I have I have the dictionary.com's definition, but I think you have a better definition. I have no idea. I don't remember where I got mine from. Oh, um,
0: But nonetheless. So the definition that I have is that a methodology is the systematic theoretical analysis of methods applied to a field of study. It comprises the theoretical analysis of the body of methods and principles associated with a branch of knowledge, which is a super nerdy way to describe what methodology is. And that's
1: way more,
0: uh,
1: fuck me. Um, your definition's way better than my definition.
0: <laughs> so, I think a, a a way to kind of narrow that down a little bit is methodology is essentially it's analyzing uh, like questions or theories that have come before about a specific topic and kind of then systematically putting them together in a way that makes sense and can be used. So, i.e. a method. Yes. With that being said, Eric. Right. How would you personally take in methodology
1: or describe methodology? My, or what does it mean to you? My first uh, interaction with the word methodology in fitness relation obviously came through my L one CrossFit uh, CrossFit, and they gave us the their their uh, their study guide definition of it being uh, empirically based, uh, evidence proven. Um, you know uh and they left it open to not interpretation that's not a good word um uh, they the they let they what is it open source or open um uh, open ended so that it's always it's constantly changing due to coaches interpretation yeah um So I think, I think where, where it says is it's, it's empirically
0: driven, clinically
1: tested and community developed. Community developed. Thank you. That's the uh, fuck up I was looking for. (laughs) Got you fam. Got you. Um, yeah. So my first interaction was at, was at my L1 and they were talking about methodology, crossfit methodology and going into it. I, you know, I had an understanding of what the CrossFit methodology was, but I didn't have an understanding of why the CrossFit methodology was what it was. Um, And having taken the L1, having heard the numerous coaches explain it to me over and over, um, I took the methodology as a stepping stone. Um, I had been interning previously, and I had been told by my coach and my cousin Jeff that, shout out, Jeff, what you learn, you interpret, and you are able, or a good coach should be able to regurgitate in their own words the same if not the same similar ideas that lead to a very similar outcome of what the cross methodology will lead to so to me methodology is a stepping stone or a guidebook to teaching fitness
0: you're you're already answering the main question
1: motherfucker right beforehand (laughs) son of a bitch (laughs)
0: that's fine Uh, no I I 100% agree with you I think methodology is, methodology is important because it is, it kind of gives us the, fr- it gives us the framework for what we are, what we're trying to learn. Um, you know, it's, I, I gave this kind of analogy earlier today, but it's, it's me- methodology essentially is essentially kind of, you know, you standing on the shoulders of the people that come before you mm-hmm. in that somebody has kind of thought up this idea and tried to put it to practice and seen if it worked. And then it was just a, a, a huge series of people being like, I wonder if this would work and then trying it out and kind of sharing information. Then eventually we kind of come up with a conclusion that says, this is probably the best idea of how we can go about doing it, i.e. here is our method. And so with all of that in mind, I think that's, it's an important piece to have. And I think it's an important piece to learn because we all have to start somewhere. Exactly. So, you know, when I, when I first started my, Started my training, I was learning. I learn my training education. I was learning the NASM method, which mm-hmm. is uh, for those that don't know, uh, NASM or NASM is the National Academy of Sports Medicine. It's essentially a personal training certification company, uh, certificate company, Cert- Wha-
1: training huh? training certification.
0: Tra- yeah, well, I don't. It's a company that does training. Yeah, and teaches
1: training. They they tell you to.
0: Teach they stuff. teach they, they teach you to teach stuff. <laughs> they teach you how to teach stuff. Yeah. so but they so for example, they have their own method and so their their methodology is called the it's the OPT model, uh, which is the optimum performance training model, which is kind of this like it's a very detailed setup. It starts off with stabilization endurance, then you move into a next the next phase, which would be strength endurance, then it moves into hypertrophy which if you don't know what that is that's essentially just muscle size then it moves into maximum strength and then it moves into power. And so that is kind of a a model that you can there that I learned to kind of base my training off of. And when you're trying to teach the masses how to do something, it's really great to have something that is relatively proven to be able to, you know, get their feet wet and get themselves going in some way shape or form which is nice because I come out like me coming out of my training. like I had no idea what I was doing Yeah, by any means. Deer and headlights. A hundred, a hundred percent. And so it was really nice because it then it just gave me something that I can like fall back onto and be like, well, I know these things mm-hmm. and allow me to at least get the people that I was working with at the time somewhere. Right. Though I will say recently I've looked, I've, I've found some of my old training programs mm-hmm. and
1: holy shit. <laughs> are they terrible (laughs) oh my god i don't know why people paid me uh i i can say the exact same thing when i started programming i so i took my l1 right i took my l1 that's the first time i was i came across methodology for fitness then i took my power athletics course and it was a completely not completely okay that that's too far-fetched it was a different mindset as far as power athletes methodology or crossfit football's methodology versus crossfit l1's methodology yeah um the crossfit uh methodology was uh, explained to me uh as rep based, experience or experimental based uh for a specific outcome. Whereas path power athlete or crossfit football, it was similar in the sense that they wanted you to pursue the experiment, but they had a guided way and a and a guided outcome. So it wasn't like, oh we're gonna we're gonna like they've they've tested it and they want you to follow it strictly, but when they, te- when they want you by the end of it, they have you teach it not strictly. So like <laughs> they, you're learning it one way, but the outcome is for you to teach it a different way. And the result will be the exact same. Like you're, you're learning the rules. Yes. So that way you know how to break them. Exactly. That, that's what I, I loved about the explanation in, in CrossFit football is like, you're going to learn CrossFit's rules And we're going to break them. Yeah. Like, but we're still going to get the same result. Like you don't need to follow that guidebook. You can follow our guidebook and get the exact same result, if not better. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was in that power athlete course, I also had the same thing of, I could fall back on something if I ever got lost. Um, And you know, it's funny that you said that because my first uh, deal with programming came with CrossFit football and I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. Yeah. Um, But when I turned it in. I got notes back and they were saying, Oh, this shit looks tough. Like, good job. Great on the programming. And I was like, who would pay me to program? (laughs) These guys want to die. But then I was, I was realizing I am not fitting the mold of CrossFit. Like I'm, we're doing more athletic stuff like for, for football players and, and guys who know, like, I guess that's what they told us. Like you have to program for somebody who knows how to lift or knows the, the knows how to use their power and their body to, to hit that uh, hypertrophy, hypertrophy, (laughs) You made me say it. <laughs> the worst <It's> hypertrophy. <laughs> hypertrophy. Sorry, hypertrophy. They they told you that you know you need to program for somebody like that, and so I, I mean I program for somebody like that. But I'm looking back at it now, coaching CrossFit. I was like, these CrossFit these CrossFit athletes would they'd hate me if they went through my power athlete programming. But the methodology is the same. You're testing experiments for a proven result. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that that's my experiments of, of falling back through methodology land and
0: <laughs> so going going into it I think I think methodology is is important uh, I feel like I already stated that but I'm gonna state it again for my own thoughts It is an important thing to have because it, it, it gives you some sort of framework and I'll kind of I'm gonna steal a quote uh, from somebody else and his name's Thomas Kuhn he essentially says that that's like certain works, Um, I I should probably read this (laughs) if you're going to quote him. Yeah. Yeah. So Thomas Kuhn suggests that certain scientific works. And for this one, he, he gives Newton and John Dalton as an example that they provide more of an open-ended resource, essentially a framework of concepts, results, and procedures within which future work can be structured that and that kind of parallels in with the definition of a paradigm but essentially what it says is that it's it doesn't impose a rigid or mechanical approach but can be taken more or less creatively creatively and with flexibility Mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of a really great way to kind of think about it think about methodology is that it sets the framework or kind of what we were talking about earlier it sets the rules and then as you learn the rules you then learn how to break them yeah so I think it's I think it's important to understand different methods and how they work, how they function. And even, even more importantly, well, not more importantly, but if you're a a super nerd that are, that just loves reading into all these things, I think it's, it can be very important to understand how they got to their results to like figure out what their conclusion was. Right. So that way you understand a little bit deeper as to why it works and then how can you shape it and mold it into kind of your own thing. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I think that touches to uh, what we were jabbering on about. I was trying to figure out the word, the community, community development through CrossFit. Yeah. You know, it's open-ended to coaches, you know, learn the rules, break the rules so that you can mold other athletes through the methodology. Yeah. And the, the only
0: thing that I will, or one of the things that I will say about, like, one thing that I will say about specifically, like, within methodology is sometimes people can get people can get a little too dogmatic with it in the sense that they become super, super rigid with the rules. And I think that then kind of falls into the, the negative side of it where, you know, they're depending, depending on where you're getting your information from, there's always going to be a bias in some capacity. And for example, like kind of going back, for example, with like the, the NASM's OPT method, you know, that is, that is kind of the idea of how you would bring go from a beginner right and this isn't like a like an athlete necessarily but just a person into physical fitness Mm -hmm. in some form say longevity's sake and how to kind of build them up in a safe way that allows them to have longevity and like body life as well as you know how to systematically set them up for a way that they can have success kind of along the way going through all of the steps that i kind of outlined previously but that doesn't take into account really the person that's going to be directly in front of you so when we look at when we look at like the different methods that we've talked about so we've already we've referenced three so far so we have nasms we have crossfit football uh soon or future futurely or currently called power, uh, power athlete power <laughs> athlete hq and then crossfit, CrossFit yeah. there we go i was like well, what was the other what one What was the third one <laughs> we'll never know <laughs> So we kind of named three of them. And so there's three different like methods that we can kind of pull from of like how to think about how to train somebody, because then when we have somebody that's in front of us, you know, they're, they're coming in oftentimes with previous experiences, um, you know, maybe some sort of limitations in movement, or they're just, they have no idea what's going on and maybe their goals don't necessarily align with one specific type of thing. And so having kind of different informational sources you can pull through or pull from allows a little more flexibility in the idea of like, how do I go about working with somebody? Mm -hmm. And so we've referenced in the past that I've worked with you and there were certain things that I like, you know, I, I put in where I'm like, okay, I think, you know, this will be a good way to kind of get you to X and it just didn't work at all. Mm -hmm. Um, Or vice versa where something that like tried something else. And I think one of the, I don't know if we've referenced this before, but there's a um, Cal Dietz, has something called the triphasic training and i did i did that with you and i did it with another another athlete as well because it, it just kind of worked out weirdly that both of you were kind of in a, a very similar like phase in the training mm-hmm. and uh oddly enough both kind of it just it just fit in a in a weird way and so it for me in my head i was like let's give this a try like there's no reason that this shouldn't work for either of you um, to kind of just give you a little bit of a kind of a break from where you were in your training. And for you, it like worked out tremendously, <laughs> almost better than like the expectations that I even set for it. And then for um, it was for Melissa, mm-hmm. it was terrible. Like it went, I, I had to cut it. I cut it short Yeah, by like four weeks. Cause I was like this, like she's getting frustrated. It's yeah. not, it's not like fitting her. I was like, I got to move on. Like, can't do it anymore. Yeah. So I think, like, you have you have to have some flexibility in that because if I would have just been so strict on this and be like, no, you have to go through this, like, you have to do these, like, she would have only gotten more and more frustrated. She would have only gotten more and more, like, just pissed yeah she would have hated you even more than we already hated you that's fair yeah um but it it just it just wouldn't have worked and it would have given her like a a serious like mental block Mm -hmm. in some capacity that i was like this it's just not worth it it's not worth that anguish because you know no offense but she's not you know she's not a professional athlete where i can just be like this is what you have to have to do yeah they're like, all right, it's fine. Like, we'll move on. We'll figure something else out.
1: She would take joy in the days where she'd kick my ass in the workout. you wrote for both of us, and she'd yep. be like, "See, I can do it." <laughs> like, That's true. Yeah. So, um, so don't let her fool you. She did enjoy some of it.
0: Oh, well, for sure. Yeah. It was more of like it, it. was it was during a strength portion of it. Like both of you needed a little bit. Of oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. It was those
1: like those eccentrics. And oh those
0: God, whole, those all Those isometrics
1: were gnarly. Yeah. Oh.
0: Right, but like, but it, but it was crazy. <clears throat> Like, it was crazy because y- you had, like, huge gains yeah. in your your squat, your bench, your press, yeah, your deadlift. Like, up. everything went up, everything like, significantly, up. Yeah. which was really, really wild um and very exciting. So, I was, like, pat myself on the back. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, But, again, like, with Melissa, it was not a goddamn chance. Like, yeah. it was, like, I think week three in, and she was, like, no. And I was, like, okay. I'm, like, she's, like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I was, like, okay. Let's, let's just move on. Yeah. Um, But, again, going back, like. Having a couple different ways to kind of think about how to train somebody allowed me to kind of one give this an option for for you guys to give it a give it a go because I at the time I was like I think this will be very beneficial for both of you come to see that it only was really beneficial for one person <laughs> and but it, I needed to
1: make a shift yeah I needed to be flexible in yeah. my thinking and you did I mean because she got on it but like I mean after her week off of trying to figure out what you guys were gonna do she was right back into training with me but doing different things and yeah. she enjoyed it again yeah 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 and so it, it, it
0: just needed a, a quick little shift i think i think just being too rigid in it would have really kind of i probably would have lost her as a lost her as a client and probably a friend mm-hmm. a little bit because she probably would have been like fuck this guy fuck this guy but at the same time so you know nazem kind of is a, is a longer hierarchy of like you know methods and how to progress through it, and I mean, and there's even subdivisions of that, of like how and NASM's set... been around for years, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's a original foundings, yeah. but it, it's it has research backed, but for the most part, it's it's predated CrossFit, right? Very much so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of them that are kind of the main staples within the training that I like training center mm-hmm. or system, I should say. So you have like NASM, you have ACE, you have uh, um, the NSCA. Right. And kind of speaking on the NSCA, like that's also where you see the um, the CSCS, which is the Certified Strength and Conditioning mm-hmm. Coach, I think is the is the acronym. Yeah. But that's kind of like the quote unquote gold standard of like training certifications. Um, it's, it's essentially the it's the the piece of paper that you need in order to become like a, a coach a for certified coach for for like high schools, mm-hmm. colleges, like any any team based types of yeah. things. That's what they look for. Which is where I will shit on a little bit because <laughs> I I think that the CSCS is about sports performance for the most part, mm-hmm. and it dives pretty deep into kind of the physiology, exercise science. Like it's I mean, you need it it doesn't matter what degree you have, but you need a college degree to get it yeah. to even take that test. So so there is some like prere- prerequisites that were built in. Now I will say I think that's a little fluffed up, and I think. They also, the the CS, uh, NSCA has also given themselves the title of calling it the gold standard of when it comes to like training certs. Mm-hmm. But I I say that out of, from a little research I've done or some for some research I've done on that, but then also from people that I've met that have a CSCS where one dude particularly told me that he will not listen to the opinion of anybody who doesn't have a CSCS. Oh my God. And I... One watched how he trained. Two watched how he trained other people, and kind of the the nonsense that he uh, like espoused to people. Yeah, and I went, if you are going to be a representative of this, like you're a shitty representation <laughs> of what the CSCS is. So that's always I've always kind of had like a little bit of like a, a poor little, taste in my little, mouth when I hear about stuff chip on like your that. shoulder. Over that one, yeah, because I was like, well, because I don't I don't have a CSCS, right? And in all fairness, I don't necessarily want to. You don't want to be the gold standard. Well, I don't want to. I don't. I don't need that thing (laughs) to be able to train people, right? And I don't have the intention of trying to necessarily work for a college or like professional sports teams. Right. I mean, if that happens, that'd be awesome. That'd That'd be be super cool. cool. Yeah. But like, it's not necessarily an aspiration of mine. Hook it up with tickets. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Totally. I would definitely do that if I could. But the the point the point being is that like, you know, it's there are there are certain methods that have or certain methods or kind of I guess parallel to them, um things that exist that people just ha- hold to a high regard for kind of unknown reasons to a certain degree mm-hmm. um, and I'm gonna use the C S C S yes, as yes, that example
1: I mean it makes right like so it makes a little bit of sense it's it's the name brand right so if we're looking back on it, CrossFit's the young kid. Cross- CrossFit's the teenager coming in as a training model against all these other guys who are, quote, proven. NKTB, baby. Yeah. So. New kids on the block. C- CrossFit basically came in and said, You guys ain't shit. Like, we can teach this too. And I think, what was it, a couple years ago, uh, Glassman uh, took it to court saying that NASA and these other guys, like, what made them. The gold standard like they this is all like self-given titles um and they were it was it was a big case and they were saying you know like we shouldn't be our L our, one our shouldn't be rejected as a uh, a training certificate or, or a coaching certificate um but you know it, it's that new kid on the block right it's like if if you came into the world and you knew only coke you're not going to take Pepsi because Coke is the name brand. Yeah. But Pepsi came up and was just like, hey, we're the fucking new kid on the block, too. Like, we're just as good as Coke, if not better, because we have more sugar, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, I think I think people who hold it to a higher standard hold it because of the name brand.
0: Yeah and to add on to what you were just talking about so it was it was actually the nsca oh nsca so the whole thing behind that we won't go too wild into it but this is also another reason why i have a little bit of a some pseudo disdain towards nsca Mm -hmm. is they were they essentially published a very very phony paper so a little bit of a side note so the nsca um, national strength and conditioning association uh, they, they publish research articles kind of through their own like studies and they kind of pride themselves on that a little bit because it is supposed to be this like evidence scientific backed like r- you know process of how they go about doing their things so they posted this article that was talking about how uh, dangerous CrossFit is and that that's what it was It the, they essentially lied with the study that they reported that's right yeah. and it actually took it took so you know CrossFit at the St- still does and previously did they went hard after anybody who tried to essentially slander their name mm-hmm. um, coke coke mm-hmm. oh yeah well the whole coke thing was because there were like they found that like a bunch of these like sugar and soda companies were sponsored like major donate donors to like the it's american heart association yeah. yeah let that se- and then after that came out, all of a sudden, all those sponsor pages gone. They were <laughs> they uh, disappeared on those websites.
1: They were no longer funded. You mean like oh, there's a ghetto bird outside. Helicopters are always
0: over by me. Ugh, Sucks. Well, yeah, definitely by you. Sucks. All right.
1: Anyway, so
0: <clears throat> NSCA. So the NSCA posted that or wrote this bogus ass paper. CrossFit got a hold of it. They did like their lawyers went straight to work and were like, this is literally bogus information like you you're lying on this research paper that you wrote so they sued him now what ended up happening which was really fun is that um when you uh so they crossfit sued nsca now nsca countersued which opens up something called the discovery which allows uh i'm not a lawyer so i apologize if i'm wrong on this but in essence it then allows the the parties to be able to gather information so what ended up happening was crossfit's in crossfit's discovery of ns of the nsca they came to find out that um there was a whole lot of collusion with um through nsca through ncib yeah ncib which is essentially like a a uh a research like a research article um like aggregate and publishing company mm. essentially so it's it's supposed to be like very very well established and amongst like very important people throughout the training world that were pretty much in cahoots with each other to bring down crossfit so a lot of good that did them nsca so then nsca got sued by their insurance companies <laughs> like they they got screwed hard because of them trying to go after crossfit so yeah kudos to crossfit. Yeah, good so, job NSCA. Yeah, and I mean that's a that's a I mean that's a huge story um that just kind of disappeared, but I will always remember.
1: You know what's funny is I what I remember about that time too is that's when a lot of my friends were like crossfit's dangerous. Yeah. 100%. And I was like who told you that? Who told you crossfit's dangerous? It was a it was a big like smear campaign. Yeah, I remember that be, being a huge thing cuz you know at the time I was like, "Oh yeah, you do CrossFit." I was like, "Yeah, I do. Isn't it dangerous?" You, you're gonna get hurt no more than playing sports. yeah no more than driving a car on the freeway 405 yeah so
0: so and and then come and then also within that you kind of come to find that there was there's some gatekeeping going on <clears throat> um, and NSCA was kind of the big one and the other aspect to that was the there there's every couple years this pops up um, but this idea of creating a standardization amongst like training, and essentially creating a licensing mm-hmm. process. And so the NSCA is huge behind that because there's they if you they're kind of already set up to be able to have a licensing process when it comes through like some of their training certs, and that's kind of what they would want because that would that would really it would force a lot of people out of the game if the law was that you had to be a licensed trainer. Yeah. So you know companies potentially like Nasm wouldn't be able to operate. Um, CrossFit wouldn't be able to operate. And especially because the gyms are based off of CrossFit's methods and the kind of the CrossFit brand, all of these people would either have to become licensed or shut down. Yeah. And so that's a lot of what CrossFit was fighting against uh, as well. Because if it got, if essentially if the licensing process went its way, it would go in the favor of NSCA being the foundation of every single person's licensing process. And they would essentially have a, uh, a monopoly on the pro- on the on the world yeah. in that regard
1: and they're definitely not going to give a piece back to crossfit not a chance
0: yeah no way so it, it ended up being like a, it was a huge ordeal but that's a longer explanation as to why i have some issues within that within nsca mm-hmm. or within the nsca yeah. no to to now to also add into that like i do frequent their website i do read some of the you know the research that comes off of that um because i think in large it's good there's just there's just some bad people within it that are trying to uh capitalize yeah on potential misfortune yeah
1: yeah and, you know like you said or like we've always said it's always good to retain information yes <laughs> very
0: much so yeah going back into it with with methods there there's a lot of ways that it can go i think it can go awry in being too strict or too dogmatic within the way that you're going about it um and then I think the other way to go, the other, the other way to go with it too, is like, you know, there is some, and I'll use an example, but like some, met- some kind of methods that allow wiggle room. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I like a lot in, in kind of what I do. So, so the company that I work for, it's called Helio Athlete Lab. And so the kind of the methodology that we work with is, and I definitely have some bias here, so I'll admit it off the bat, <laughs> uh, cause I was part of the creation process of some of this as well, but it's, it's fairly simple, right? It's kind of the idea. And so it's, it's a three-step process, reset, activate, integrate. Now we, we also come from, so I come from like the strength conditioning world. Um, The founder of the company is a physical therapist. And so he comes from like the PT world. And so that's kind of, it's kind of like the amalgamation of all of that. And the idea behind it is, you know, reset is just a, a fancy way of saying like, you know, shutting down, shutting down or like loosening up some tight muscles. So Mm. we tend to use more of like foam rolling or, um, some sort of inhibition based work. Activation is essentially just trying to get the muscles to fire and making sure that you can feel them firing. And then we finish it off by integration, which is just exercise at that point. And so within that concept, there's a, a, a ridiculous amount of wiggle room because it's not so strict in the way that you have to do these things, and then do these things, and then do these things necessarily. I mean, I, I say that it sounds hypocritical because it is a three-step process for the most part. Right. Um, so you kind of do these things in order, um, but the the I guess the variables within it can are very easily easily interchangeable. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of an idea that is kind of founded within kind of how the body works, and science. Right. It's it's it is research based and in, in its application. Um, but when you get to kind of the latter half of that, the integrate portion, that's where you can kind of do anything. Yeah. Like it is, it's very open ended in how we can kind of go about it based off of the people that we're seeing or the people that I see in front of me. If it is somebody that is going to be, you know, wants to work on just getting yoked, just
1: getting huge. Do people use yoked anymore? Um, is that phrase still around? It, I, I guess it depends on the, uh, the group. Yeah. Um, yeah. I usually, when I say yoke, I'm just talking about the eggs.
0: Hmm. But this I, is this is for my for my my truck driving yeah dirt bike riding monster, monster drinking, drinking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> perfect I can't believe we said that yes we finished oh. each other's sentences sandwiches we're at a new level that's amazing God damn it you just referenced a movie and slid it right in there you know it <laughs> <laughs> anyway it
0: it allows a very open ended. Ability based off of whoever is going whoever I'm going to see. Yeah, so I can take all of the things that I've learned and be able to apply them in a way that is will meet meet the person that is there in front of me mm-hmm. where I don't have to, you know, looking back at that NASM thing. If I got somebody who has some decent training in them um, and they're looking at like just trying to get bigger, then cool. Like here are here's how we can go about that. But I don't have to follow, you know, the four steps before it to get you there. I think, that's, I think that's a really kind of, I think it's a little refreshing in a lot of ways, especially for me, um, since I tend to be the, for me personally, I tend to be the the kind of rebellious person on that where if someone tells me like this is the way to do it, I go, I don't know if it is, and I'm going to choose to not do that and mm-hmm. see if I can make it happen in another way. Yeah. Um, which may or may not have gotten me in trouble in the past. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, I feel like it's kind of freeing because it doesn't limit kind of creativity absolutely in how we can kind of go about it and so when you when you stick too strictly to a certain certain concept or a certain method then I feel like you can get really you can easily get pigeonholed into one way Mm -hmm. now I will also add that I think there sometimes can be too much information going on and then you kind of get almost a what's the paralysis by analysis oh yeah type of thing yeah where you know how many, how many ways can you teach somebody to do a squat, or how many different ways are there that can, you you can have somebody squat to get better squatting? Yeah. Um. And, and there's a bajillion. You can just Google how to how get to stronger squat. in squatting. <laughs> yeah. And you're gonna find like
1: sixteen hundred thousand links. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And so the knowledge is. Imp- I think this is this is kind of where the fun, like the toolbox uh, concept comes into play. Is, you know, I could probably think up a couple different off the top of my head like right away that would be like here's different people and how they kind of interpret their the methods of how to get stronger and how to get a bigger squat but at the end of the day it's kind of like just pick one Mm -hmm. you kind of just have to pick one yeah and say based off of what i know this is the one that i think will probably work the best for you for you let's do it yeah and then you kind of see and if it works awesome if, if it, it does doesn't it,
1: work, go back to your toolbox.
0: That's awesome too, because then you just, you learn a little bit more. And so then, you know, the next time you have person a in front of you and they kind of, re- they resemble that, you know, the five other people you are like, yeah, this, this one didn't work as well. And they're kind of similar Then mm-hmm. you don't even have to use it. You can try something else. Yeah. Right. And it, it, all it does is hone your craft even more and more Absolutely. and more, Absolutely. And, that, and that goes back to this whole, like, you know, the, the thing that I did with you and Melissa, I now know, like who that's probably going to be best for.
1: And I was going to say like being the athlete that was the example, I can attest to that. Like there there were times where we would we would do that methodology that you were you were talking about and then implementing a little bit of Helio. But it would be like your your programming and then Helio reset. Then your pro- programming, then Helio integration, then your programming, then Helio uh, uh activation. So like you were throwing it back and forth and it worked for me. All of it worked for me. So yeah, it, it's, you know, being able to compound those, those methods together.
0: Yeah. So I, at least, at least for me, I would say like it's a, it's a generic answer. Cause I'm going to say yes to both as it is both <laughs> a, and it's not even a generic answer. It's a very neutral
1: answer. It's a neutral answer as
0: a, it is a necessity, but it's also a guideline.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I'm the exact same way. I, it's you you need that stepping stone. Yeah. Like you said, you need that foundation, you need something to build off of. But you essentially are the builder. You are the construction worker. You build the format for somebody else, you know, but you've taken it from somewhere or s- other multiple places and you scatter your seed over the world. It's a very interesting way to describe metaphorically, that metaphorically as I'm doing this hand gesture at you. <laughs> Hey man, I'm just letting your analogies just wash over me. Hey, as long as they get in your ear, I'm I'm happy about it. My ear? Well, I don't want it to get in your eye. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome.
0: My mom listens to this. Oh
1: crap! <laughs> We're talking about analogy seeds. Analogy seeds. Yeah, they're John. like they're like chia seeds. They're not at all like chia. Do you have
0: a chia? Uh, one of those chia pets?
1: I didn't have a chia pet, but I had a chia Pokemon. No, uh a chia kombucha. Chia seed kombucha. Chia seed is weird. The consistency is weird. It's just a seed, it's a small seed. But like the, in the kombucha, it's like chewy. It's like soft and stuff. Yeah. I didn't like it.
0: Alright. Yeah. Random, very random. Uh huh. Very off topic. Uh-huh. I had uh so this there's this market by me has a has the this like shelf like fridge area by the like the produce which is weird Mm -hmm. but i call it like the elixir shelf because it's just like a bunch of like weird concoctions of stuff (laughs) so it's like herbal tonics and like cbd and all these things and this one caught my eye and it was uh it was uh it's like a sleep aid thing and i wasn't necessarily looking for it but it had i saw vanilla and i love the flavor of vanilla Mm -hmm. sign me up for all of it (laughs) so good and uh but it was vanilla and cardamom which is an, a very interesting combination what's cardamom 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 it's a herb uh have you ever had earl grey tea yes that's essentially like the flavor of earl grey tea is cardamom. Oh, okay
1: that's a unique flavor
0: very much so yeah so it was vanilla and cardamom okay and wait that's a sleep aid well there's other st- there's like valer- oh, oh. valerian root oh, okay, and okay. uh there's some other. I was gonna I think, say Earl
1: Grey. That's GABA wakes me up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, there's some caffeine in that stuff, okay. but it's it's not. Cardamom itself is not a tea. It's oh, an herb. Got it. It's just they put cardamom in it for that flavor. flavoring. Got it. Um, Duh. tea experts out there, do not be mad at me for getting that wrong because I'm pretty sure it is. But yeah, you know, nonetheless, it's the flavor. Right. But man, that was that is like one of the tastiest things I've had in a very long time. It's so good.
1: Vanilla and Earl Grey. Mar- Mar- Marissa,
0: Marissa tried it and yeah. she's like, it, she's like it tastes weird. And uh. I was like, it's the cardamom because uh. it's like, it almost like has like a like a vanilla spice like kind of like cinnamony flavor to it. But that it's, sounds but it's But it's not cinnamon. Yeah,
1: but it has that that uniqueness. Yeah, it's a very it's a very distinct flavor. But I love like it. Orchata. I love horchata. I love orchata. Holy crap! Yeah. Oh, so since we're off on this little tangent, why not? What do you think of turmeric? All in general, not, not like anything specific, like don't ask me for, like, oh, what are you the health? No, like, yeah. what do you think of turmeric?
0: Uh, it's fine. Okay.
1: It I hate the flavor of turmeric.
0: It doesn't have a flavor. It has a flavor. I hate when people say it doesn't If have you're flavor. eating it by, like, the spoonful,
1: no, it has almost in no teas. taste. I hate it in teas. It tastes so gross. Um,.
0: I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be this person, uh-huh. and I'm I'm gonna apologize in advance.
1: It's pronounced turmeric. Oh, turmeric. They Sorry. Are, there's a there's there's an R R in it. And see, that's how much I hate it. <laughs> I don't know. I okay. I'm that kind of guy when people say caramel, it's caramel. Isn't there two different spellings though? Well, Carmel is a city in Northern California. Caramel is the thick, gooey candy.
0: There's a caramel,
1: Indiana. There is a Caramel Indiana, see? But it's not something you can eat. Caramel is something you can eat. All right. Yeah.
0: Get after it. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I feel like I want to agree to disagree with you on that one. God damn it. But I'm not 100% positive. Uh, Because though, though sometimes I can be eloquent with my speaking, Uh spelling is not my strong suit. (laughs) Uh, I didn't go to school for English. No. No.
1: I didn't go to school for English either. Noise. Yeah,
0: that's why we do good with our speaking.
1: That's why we good. We speak mm-hmm. good. We speak good, and we do good. <laughs> um. So, uh, back to methodology. What do we? Uh, what? What is our? What is our conclusion?
0: I think. I think we both kind of agree on the idea that it's in learning methodology is a necessity. In application, it applies as more of a guideline.
1: Agreed. I think
0: it's probably a good way to describe
1: it. Agreed. Uh, yeah. The, I couldn't, I couldn't say it any better. Um, I 100% agree with you. You know, I, I've been taught as an athlete and as a coach, take these as guidelines. Yeah. You don't need to stick straight to the book. If you forget, you can always fall back to the book.
0: hundred percent. Yeah.
1: And, and like
0: this, this might lead into a a topic for future conversations, but it, uh, everybody's body, everybody is different Mm -hmm. and people will adapt to things very differently and there are there are there are certain times that i will say where some some methodologies are mm-hmm. very much applicable um and there is kind of a probably the right way to go about you know preparing somebody for something mm-hmm. um i know i'm speaking very vaguely but because i don't want to fall down too much of a rabbit hole but right. like you know there there's going to be a time and a place where you know the uh, this a certain method is going to be probably the best method and the one that you would probably are going to stick to fairly closely to whatever has been established. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the grand scheme of things and at large, you're more more often than not going to kind of work and weave through it in a way that will suit either you best or suit whoever you're working for best. I.e., yeah. you know if you're a coach coaching your athletes. Some things are gonna work better than others, and that's probably the best way to
1: go. Absolutely, I mean that's what I've been told my whole career, coaching career is like. Some things will work better for others; some things won't. I, th- I like
0: a. I I tend to like to use the term Occam's Razor, mm. which, is, uh, which I learned from Scrubs. Scrubs, one of the best shows. <laughs> but it's a, it's essentially the the simplest answer is often the correct one, and I think it's very easy given the the breadth. Of information that exists out there for us to get so overwhelmed by all of the options options that are there Mm -hmm. that you just pick one of them that seems like it would be the best option for whoever is in front of you or for yourself based off of what you know about yourself and just go with it yeah Um, because even at the end of the day even the 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 worst plan even if it is. You know the worst plan ha- usually has some thought behind it and if you follow it you'll probably get some success regardless it's better like it's better th- better to follow a, qu- a questionable plan or follow just a specific methodology and consistently rather than trying to find the best thing and then follow that inconsistently so if there's something it, and you know, going back to kind of similar to what we talked about last time with when, you know, when we were talking about like staying consistent in training. Oh yeah. Right. If you, if you have something that you like, and this is more so for just kind of like a general athlete, um, or just somebody who's doing it on their own and not with like any guidance per se, but if it's something that you like, do it. Yeah. Because if you can stay if you stay consistent with it, you're probably going to have success in, in the long run. Um, and, but if you're, if you're a coach, and you are working or planning for somebody else i would highly recommend learning a lot uh, learning about different methods and different concepts and then kind of structuring that whole structuring your process based off of what you find works well for your your client
1: that's so funny. I feel like you're reading my brain. Cause I was literally just going to ask you what advice would you give to a new coach? <laughs> like I swear to God, that's what I, I was going to cut you off, but you just kept feeding right into what my question was going to be like, well, I'm not going to fucking ask this question anymore.
0: Yeah, no. Well, something, something <laughs> to add for like advice for advice for a new coach yeah. is a lot. is a lot of what we've already said, right? Yeah. You know, learn methods and then, you know, use them as a framework. And, yeah. if, and if you were, you know, looking like, you know, with me when I first started off, like I only had, I had experience in CrossFit from a consumer side and then I had my training and education through like learning from the NASM. Mm-hmm. And so my only really the only th- and I didn't have any experience on how to do that. So I had to fall back on the methodology. So if you are brand new and you only have say one certification under your belt or one source of information, use it. Yeah. And pay really really close attention to it and take a huge thing of advice that I can give is, you know, take notes for if you are starting to work with somebody, take notes of like, how do they respond? How, how do they do? Do they like it? Did they dislike it? And then especially over time, are they progressing? Are you seeing results yeah. now through all of that? You should, I highly, highly recommend continuing to learn and seek out information that interests you. So, if you are really interested in powerlifting, go read about powerlifting. Like, check out Louis Simmons. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful stuff, right? Lear, learn about the conjugate method. Um, all really good things that you can, you can get information from and in a very well established methodology that can apply to several different people. But, learn from, lear, you know, continuously learn, continuously take notes with the people that you're working for. Know that you're going to look back at it in a couple years and be like, "What the hell was I doing?" Yeah. Um, If you don't, then you're definitely not progressing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because I mean, I I look back at stuff I did a couple years ago and I go, "Jesus, like that could have been better," Mm -hmm. right? Which means you're learning. Yeah. Um, But as long as you're paying attention to like your clients and you're seeing, you know, you're seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work, like you're honing your craft and you're honing kind of your voice and as well as honing like the way that you think about how to train and what works for people. Yeah, definitely. And, and just as time progresses, you'll get better and better and better as long as you kind of continue to do that. Uh, and then you'll have a sweet ass toolbox that you can pull from eventually
1: and be able to kind of work with everybody if you really wanted to. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to, to piggyback off that, you know, what Ryan's saying is, is, you know, study, pay attention, take all these notes, but also don't be afraid to experiment. 100. You've you, you got like, that's, that's 50% of the process is you have to try new things. Cause if you, if you can excel at one thing, you're great at it, right? But you have a hundred clients, you only have a success rate with one client, all these other, you got 99 clients who won't accept that same kind of training. So don't be afraid to experiment. As long as you're, as long as their safety is your priority, as well as their consistency and their, their work ethic, if you're keeping them safe, experiment. That's the only way you're gonna learn new ideas, new methods for yourself to train other people. Yeah,
0: definitely, definitely live by the what's the 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 creed of do no harm mm-hmm. first. Yeah. So uh, as long as like exactly what Eric just said, as long as kind of safety is in mind as you are you know, going to attempt something new that maybe you haven't done before, then you know go for it because odds are if you're you know just being diligent in your practice you're probably not going to hurt somebody. Yeah. Here's, I mean, a a perfect example of that is uh, somebody that, somebody that I work with, like they have some, have some issues that uh, kind of severely limits their ability to essentially lift their arm, Mm -hmm. one arm. And like, I've been working with them for quite a while and I know them very, very well. Um, And so I kind of was like, I kind of looked at, looked at them and I was like, Hey, we're going to try something different or try something new. I was like, are you okay with that? And they were like, sure. Like I have established enough trust at this point. And so, and I knew that at the end of the day, nothing was going to hurt them, but I was like, let's try this, this exercise. It might be something that we can do and kind of incorporate into part of your training method to kind of help build up this strength to be able to lift your arm up again. And, uh, lo and behold, you know, it was moderately successful. I'm probably going to have to go back and do some more like experimenting with myself to kind of see how to go about it and a little bit of a different way to give them the, at least the feeling of success in some, some regard. But at the, at the end of the day, they were just like, well, this was kind of interesting. Like I, that was kind of a different sensation I haven't felt before and nothing bad came of it. So I was like, all right, cool. Like (laughs) nice job. Well done. Like we tried something new kind of worked out like good. I'll tweak it a little bit and we'll start to incorporate it. Yeah. Um, but that, that creativity, that kind of fun that you can have in it. Like if you're too strict in some of your thoughts, like that'll, that doesn't exist. Yeah. That won't, that is capable of existing. It's not going to
1: benefit you. It's not going to benefit the client. No, not at all.
0: And at, yeah. And at the end of the day, it was just fun. It was mm-hmm. kind of fun. They enjoyed it. They're yeah. like, this is cool. They're like, I can lift my arm up with some assistance. That's so they're awesome. like, this is pretty cool. And I was That's like, yeah, awesome. awesome. i like rock and roll. I love <laughs> it. Um, I guess, any anything else that you want to add onto the
1: note of? Of methodology? Yeah. Um, no, I think we touched it. I mean, if I say anything, we're just going to be repeating ourselves. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. We dove in on that. Yeah. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Eric. Where can they find us? So This y- is a test. As I Since I always do it, this is a test. <laughs>
0: So you can find us on our Instagram at another period rep period podcast. Nailed it. As well as you can send us an email at another rep podcast at gmail.com. Did
1: you see we got an email? We did get we an email. We got our first email.
0: I know. Did you read it? I did. Man, that was awesome. That was awesome.
1: I felt very proud of ourselves I and
0: very appreciative of our listener. I feel like we're going to have to go back. Like We're going to have to repeat this whole like ending credit thing because Probably. it just made me think about it. but. Um, I was, I am, I'm very happy and like very proud of how that last, our last episode about like, uh, consist- consistency, consistency yeah. worked. Like I really, really liked that episode. Yeah. Uh, um, it felt
1: really good. Like I, I got a lot of positive feedback from it.
0: Yeah. Li- like listening back, like I listened back to it, um, yesterday and I like, I was just like, damn, this is like I mean, it sounds, it sounds like very like patting myself on the like patting ourselves on the mm-hmm. back essentially. But I was like, man, this sounds like really, really good. And like, I think it's, it was one of those ones where like, there's a lot of like stuff that was very personal to me that we kind of talked about mm-hmm. and you as well. Um, but I think, you know, <laughs> my mom listens to this stuff. <laughs> and, and so, but one of the, the I'm not going to say anything bad. I love you, mom. But she she made a comment about it. And I think this is kind of like a, a tone that I, I want to continue to set as we go through and continue on with all of these things mm-hmm. is that it is like, she's like, it comes across as it came across as very honest. Um, and it came across as very like truthful. And I was like, perfect. That's exactly how I want this to be. Like, yeah, I want this and kind of what was commented on the email was like, that it sounded like it was like, it's a conversation that people can like follow along with. And, the the email made note of they were they were just like yeah i'm nodding my head and i wanted to like chime in to like continue on with the conversation which if you listen back to our intro episode like that's That's what we want it's exactly what we wanted
1: exactly what
0: which like i'm fucking getting goosebumps right now because i'm like so excited to hear that yeah Um,
1: yeah i I love that you know we're getting that feedback because like because we said we want to just shoot the shit we want to talk to each other have these open conversations and and the fact that people are you know feeling like they can chime in with us. And, you know, again, you guys can always reach us at our Gmail or our Instagram. You guys should always reach out to us. We'll respond. We're, you know, we're very active. Uh, but like, it just feels good that people are feeling involved. Yeah. 100%. Yeah.
0: And so I think that's like, that's the super fun part about like that. That's a super fun aspect of it. And that like reading, reading through the email got me really, really happy and made me really happy and got me really excited um, because it's coming across exactly how I want it. Like, I don't, I don't want, I didn't want this, or not didn't, I don't want this to be like super almost like too structured Mm -hmm. or too formulaic or too almost like analytical in a way that it doesn't sound like two humans are having a conversation anymore. Like I I don't want that. And and it's from the, at least from what I've heard, that's not happening, Yeah, which makes me so goddamn happy. Yeah. Me too.
1: (laughs) Me too. Um, my girlfriend was telling me uh, she, she was listening to it. She, she stopped halfway because she was doing through work. And she was like, babe, like, thank you for shouting me out in the in the podcast. And but she was like, it was very motivational. You know, she, she was telling me, like, you know, sometimes I feel down about not working out or, or wanting to work out, but not having energy. And, you know, this just only proves that I'm human. Yeah. You know, consistency. The bodies get tired. The mind gets tired. You just you just need to, you know, one bad day is not is nothing. Yeah. You just need that reset. Exactly. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it felt good.
0: So anyway, maybe we'll do this one more time. All right. So you can find us on our Instagram mm-hmm. at another period, rep period podcast, as well as our Gmail, which is another rep podcast at gmail.com. Nice.
1: Nailed it. Your turn. What, do I, what am I doing now? Bro. What happened? Where can people find us? Son of a... F- um, you guys can find us at another period Rep. no that's why i just oh, said that what did i what am i supposed to say didn't i just you just said that where can people listen to us oh you guys can listen to God us wherever damn, damn i screwed up right now you tested me oh i failed coming in all high and mighty
0: being like you i do it all the time maybe do I, you
1: know it damn it maybe i did go to school for english and not paying attention what don't worry about that um You guys can find us wherever you guys get your podcasts. Fuck, hold on. You guys can also find us wherever you... Fuck. I want you to know I'm very tempted to put all (laughs) of this in. (laughs) Only because it makes me look real good. Damn it. You guys can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Is that what you say? Something along those lines. Something along those lines. Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts. iTunes. iTunes. Stitcher. Stitcher. That's the new one. That's it, right? Uh, Yeah. Pretty much much anywhere. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to just fuck it up. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Please put all this in. I think I will. (laughs) All right. All right, guys.
0: Have a good one, everybody. Good night.